Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkey. This show's not just about food, but about eating it up. Eating brings me as much joy as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict and shame and all sorts of other things that are not joy. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up. Or if you will, hoover. In this episode, I'm talking to the downright sexy bastard, Sarah Barron. Stand-up and writer, she's written two whole books. Her work's been on This American Life, and she regularly hosts the monster storytelling show from the US, The Moth. And as you'll hear in our conversation, she is exceptional at making me dish dirt on myself. Oh my God, it looks yummy. Now that looks a little more reasonable. It looks yummy. I mean... I'll give you a fork of food. Thank you very much. Glass of water. Woo-hoo-hoo. Nothing in the coffee as I remember. No. Just black. Just black. Oh. Living the um, dream. This looks amazing, and I love your. Um, I love this glass. Oh yeah, I'm really when, when you've got yours, I'm going to ask all about it. So excited. Yum. I've got a massive you, yeah, you got the better one compared to you. But I feel like I need to donate you a potato. No, please don't. I've that's for you. It's my embarrassment and my apology that I'm serving you leftovers. It's, what? I think stuff like this is often is lusher the next day, but can you tell me what it is? Yes. So <laughs> roasted winter root vegetables. So it's Ooh. celeriac, mm, sweet potato, I regular it was potato. Yeah. Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. And then that sort of sauce on the bottom is a mix of a bunch of different spices, pomegranate molasses, pomegranate juice, vegetable stock, and chopped onion. Oh. And then finished with, in your case, in your vegan case, Mm -hmm. fresh mint and pomegranate seed. Mm -hmm. 
It's pretty good, isn't it? It's so good. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's really spicy without being heat spicy oh, at all. Oh, do you all. think it's spicy? Because I was just at my... No, I trying... It tastes of Christmas. Wow. It tastes Christmasy. It's Christmas. It's, that... it's like a Christmas vegetarian. Mmm. What's this lush green bit? It's that... sprout. Whoa. Just a little sprout. So, um, thank you. It's delicious. Mm. Pomegranate's a way forward. Mikey doesn't like it. I think it lifts so many things. Well, what I'm excited about with this is that when my dad comes to visit, mm-hmm. he cannot handle any spice and he hates coconut. Oh, my word. And actually, if you're doing vegetarian cooking, mm. spice and coconut, like, really mm. figure into a lot of what you do. And this has neither of those things. So I'm thinking it will work for both for both the men in my life. <laughs> my dad and my man. And your so. dad's not a vegetarian, but your man is. Yes, he is. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, so. But your family, like, if they're not vegetarian, are they, like, anti-vegetarian? Some no. of mine are. But they're coming my brother, around. My brother is a chef, mm. and his deal is meat. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's slaughtered an animal before because that was part, like, he felt like, yeah. in a way that I actually sort of respect, mm-hmm. not... No, totally. But, but in as much as like, right, if you're going to eat that, like, yeah. you should participate in. Yeah, man. Do slaughter. the kill. Like, do the kill. Own it. So my brother is like Mr. Pork Falling Off the Bone. Right, right. Braised right. stuff. Yeah. And you just like, I just never thought about it until I met Jeff. And my mother, who worships at my husband's altar and does like <laughs> everything for him. Right. He's sort of now like, oh, Jeff says just anything with a face. And now I can't even look at these. Anna. Oh, I now I'm just, I just didn't even know I do it. But now I, I really struggle to eat animal. And then whenever I talk to my brother and he'll be like, oh, it was mom's birthday. What did she have? Brisket. Like so she's doing this sort of show of, um, that's too funny. This is the most I've ever enjoyed a sprout. I do like sprouts, but I think because I don't eat meat anymore, so my mum does amazing sprouts, but they're like roasted or fried with b- bits of lard on or prosciutto ham or however mm. you say it. And so obviously that's out the window now. This is, These are great. Interesting. <clears throat> Thanks. Well, so, <laughs> so... You know, they are respectful and yeah. like they so don't really think it's ridiculous. Actually. You know, my brother has said like if I could I would, but it's like my whole yeah, identity yeah. and I'm not ready to change that. Which I think is like my best friend acts like I'm stupid for Why? That it's like I'm presenting a very complicated person and someone I'm extremely close with in a horribly negative light. <laughs> um but it's it, like it's like Oh, because you wound up with a dude who's vegetarian. Like, it's like stupid. Like, I'm sorry. It's like, it it feels sort of wrong side of history-ish. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, oh, well, we better, oh, Gene's never allowed any chicken. And it's like, I don't run my mouth at you about, about whatever one could criticize for sort of just blind, thoughtless meat eating. Totally. I would never... You Mikey know. had a really funny idea. Although Mikey can do that. He, I exactly that phrase, wrong side of history. And like, he makes like the jokes that you'd expect his parents to make about right. me not eating meat. Like, right, 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 right. You know, but he's joking. They're just terrible jokes. Mm. Um, but also he had a great idea for a sketch once where it was 
everyone was eating and they'd had to cater to the really annoying one meat eater. And they'd had to do something special for the one person who refused to be vegetarian. It's like set in the future. Like, oh, right, right, right. Sorry. If, 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 if that went like... Right. I guess it was that uh, a slight take on that Simon Lambstall. What was it called? Carnage. Is that what it was called? I don't know. Was Carnage. that a show he did? Yeah, he did like a brilliant one-off hour-long film for BBC. It's on a, it might still be on iPlayer, but it's set in a utopian future where everybody's vegan, but it's not preachy at all. And it, it rips the piss out of kind of vegan PR that's happening now, or right. especially like the 70s kind of hippie right, 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 right. promo videos for it that just made it right. like creepy nudist weird. Right. But also, it's just funny all the way through. There's, like, support groups for older people who were still ate meat and cheese as children who had just come to terms with the shame and, like, holding right, each right, other's right, hands right, right. in a circle until they're brave enough to name a cheese they once ate. Oh, okay. stuff like that. Yeah, Wrong Side of History feels like the perfect description of that. That it's not dumb. Mm. Like, this thing I think... So it's like, if no part of you connects to the animal concern... That's not really my motivation, but yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and part of the thing too was that like I I've never been an animal person. I've like, never had pets. My parents like we were just like this no animal family. That was part yeah. of our identity. <laughs> yeah. And you know Jeff is Mister Animal, For and so he home. has this dog, and it, like I truly at the age of. 34, whenever we started living together, 33, was around a dog for the first time. And you're like, oh, when she cries because she's upset about this, yeah. that like hurts your heart. And when she's happy, that's, you know, and really I didn't understand what the distinction was. Like, so, so it was just Amazing. like animal. So it was like, yeah. oh, right. So then... So, right, so, like, a cow is the same thing as you a You genuinely never thing. had a bond with an animal. I never had a bond with an animal, ever. And so then I was like, so, so I can still, like, for me, there's the cognitive dissonance or whatever mm. the right word is. Like, I can eat a piece of steak and I, I don't connect yeah. to the fact that that's a cow. Yeah. Or I have to work really hard to connect to it. But, so that was part of it. But even if, if none so of that tasty. does anything for you. Yeah. Like... Would you think it was if someone started recycling? Would you be like, "It's fucking stupid to recycle"? I think that's a very normal, like, defensive first response. Like, I remember uh, it was years ago now. It's probably about five years ago. We're going to Tesco's in Lewisham, like where I live, and um, saying to the, it was a young guy cashier, and saying, "Oh, don't." He was just getting a bag out. A plastic bag, and I was like, "Oh, don't worry. Actually, I got my rucksack." And then, and he went, "Would you want a bloody medal?" No, oh, that's yeah, in a so. supermarket. Whereas, can you imagine if they did that now? Right, 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 right. Like, yeah, now I just want one more seabird to right. not go extinct. You prick! Right, right, right. Like right, right. what? Like oh, I, I think, I think when you do something that seems like you're doing it for any moral reason, it makes other people go, "Oh, are you saying I'm amoral then?" And then they behave like that. Well, and also it's that thing of like I think that the darkest part like genuinely the darkest parts of humanity that I've seen mm. and this is of course an indication of my very privileged very safe life right is what happens at like 
shit that goes down on public transport. Mm. I mean, some of what I've seen is, and it's worse in New York because the public transport isn't as good, but you still see flashes of it in London when things go haywire. And it is, you know, it's the the question about like humans. Mm -hmm. If we're stranded on a desert island, do we share a coconut or keep it for ourselves? I think I've seen that we keep it for ourselves. I think, yeah. Oh, good. Do you want a piece of cake? Oh my god, that looks amazing. You can <laughs> absolutely that one. One. This one is like a caramel almond. T- can I have like a mouthful? Yeah, it could be like a sliver. Yes. And then this one is a molasses spice cake. Oh my god. Wow. Oh, and you have to have a mince pie. Let's look at the least, try and look for the least shit mince pie. I'll just have to touch them all to do Oh, I, I couldn't care less. I don't do know whether, really what your kind of thing about me. You, oh, good. You're not. Like I worked. A German no, person. I worked. I, I genuinely think part of it is like I worked in restaurants for so long, and I saw so much behavior that was, and like at nice places, we're just like the idea of people and their germs is yeah. really quite something. I worked as um, a dish pig in a restaurant, like a really posh restaurant. I've never um, heard that term before. Oh, washing up, basically. Right, 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 right. A and I'm so stuck. In fact, you know what? I think I was waitressing by then. I think I worked my way up to waitress. Impressive. And the chef, who is now a dear friend, but he caught me when I was, like, tipping leftovers away and putting the plates into the dish pig. Someone had left a whole perfect roast potato, and I just stood there and devoured it, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, and he caught me, and I screamed at me because of the... He was like, they could have coughed on that. They could have sneezed on that. I was like, I don't care. It's delicious. It tasted like they hadn't. Oh, my God. I mean, I remember, like, somewhere really classy I used to work. Like, you know, like, three-star dining New York kind of. Right, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Swanky. Swanky. And people wouldn't, like, if people didn't finish their scallops. Oh, my God. You've got to eat the scallops. Everybody, it like, didn't need to be the thing. Is that, like, like if you saw someone clear what a plate... Kind of, excuse me. What kind of fucking monster is leaving a scallop? There are big scallops and, you know, New York eating disorders, the whole thing. Are there strawberries in here? No. Right. So, I've got... This is a... It's a vegan mince pie. Okay. I think the pastry to inside ratio is ridiculous. And I've over-pastried. Um, it's mainly cherries and hazelnuts in there. And a load of other fruit. That was lovely. It's quite flaky pastry. It's quite light. It's really nice. There's loads of it. I think I kind of really like vegan baked goods because mm. it keeps them from being too, like, cloyingly sweet. Well. That's really quite nice. I think sometimes when you buy vegan baked goods, they are really sweet. They just overpack the oh, sugar well. to overcompensate them for the rest of our sap And you can taste, a, like, I would not have picked up on this if you hadn't told me, but there's the... Bit of booze in there. Bit of booze in there. Mm. I fed these to children. Good. I took these to a playgroup. Oh, the scallop thing was just that if you if you want like if you saw a plate like this getting carried off the table, you would sort of just see the staff suddenly, and it would be like swarming around, and people would sort of down them before giving it over to the dishwasher. Yes. Which I think that that's good. I think why throw out a beautiful scallop? But yeah. Just the germs is like what what. What, do you not touch money? Like what? Exactly. What do you think you're doing? Just this morning, I let Rudy, my two-year-old, eat um, his muesli with his hands. Right. And I was watching him do it, and that's how he does it most days. And some days, I really kind of 
repeatedly ask him to use a spoon. And this morning I, I, I had a lot of stuff to be getting on with, so I just let him do it. And then like halfway through the music, I was like, you've just been playing with coins. <laughs> He's just been playing with a jar of coins. It's like the filthy. Apparently I think that's more disgusting than if he'd been playing with the toilet. Yeah. Oh, what was like I doing? Effort, putting your hand in shit. I what? never understand why a toilet is so disgusting. <laughs> no, it's not. I don't think it is. Or not one that's well kind of kept. Right. Um, right, I'm going to try this. What did you say it was caramel? So that is, it's a traditional Swedish cake, which I think is supposed to be called like a Tuska kaka. I mean, although I'm sure Please say, t- say again. Tusk. I don't want to. A Tuska kaka. A Tuska kaka. Like a, a Tuska kaka. Some, I mean, I don't even know, but that's what it says in the book. Okay. And it's um, basically like caramelized. It's like a sort of dense Tort. Mm. Looks with like these caramelized um, with caramel and almonds, almonds on top. <gasps> and you made it. I did. Oh yeah, and that it's that sort of I think of the things I've made. Like these in their mm. original state looked quite glorious. Wow, it's nice, isn't it? It's like dense and kind mm. of rich, which I think is oh, nice. Oh wow, that's lush. It's nice, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, we love caramel. You have more of a sweet or more of a savoury? Savoury. And you? Savoury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will always go the pizza or the ice cream. Or starter over pudding. Always. Always. Never not. <laughs> and I've struck, I have so many friends who have got like an extra tummy for puddings, even if they're, I can't take it or leave it. No. Yeah. I'm up for trying it. I mean, that was delish. Then I thought you a sweet thing. Which was also lovely. <clears throat> it was lovely. I was telling you that I, mm. you, your personal baking has helped me understand that a home, a well-made, homemade, vegan dessert is a good option for me. Mm-hmm. Which I wouldn't have originally thought. No. It's a funny one, isn't it? I think, um, I think so much vegan processed food is so full of... So much stuff, just all every every piece of crap possible. Yeah, I feel like you kind of might fire off an endorphin, like you have just to try it. Oh god! (laughs) So, um, so where did you grow up? I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Amazing. And what was um, food like in your house? Mm. So the best thing I can say about it is that food, like my mother was always, you know, doing home cooking. Amazing. That was your mom doing that. Yeah. So she worked full time as well, but she, she's like, likes to be a busy lady. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. So she's always making soups and doing this and we can, you know, she's just always cooking. Yeah. But then, like, if she she would work evenings as well. So if she worked in the evening, then my dad would defrost a pizza. So there was so, sort of a good balance. Yeah. You know, a family that is into food, that yeah. likes to eat. 
Yeah, yeah. And you said and your brother's a chef. My, so. Yeah, it's like my you know, my brother by the time he was three was like making his potions, which were, you know, his beginnings of his <laughs> He was it's three and it was his first was, cocktail. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think the worst like I grew up in this town that was I mean, I used to say this, this is twenty years ago. It was literally the eating disorder capital of the United States really? of America. Really? Now what I mean by that, first of all, I'm talking a little bit out of my asshole, so Okay, cool. Sure cool I'm cool, giving cool, you facts, cool. but okay. Not that there were more eating disorders in this town than there were anywhere else. Although it was, it was, just... it was rife with that. <laughs> but rather that the local... So it was Highland Park, which is a suburb of Chicago. Very sort of posh and Jewish and right. all these things. Um, and a certain kind of American Jewish that I have never quite clocked the same thing. I can't think of a British equivalent. Yeah. But, but anyway... Um, that if your daughter lived in California and she was dying because she wouldn't eat, you'd send her to Highland Park Hospital's eating disorder program. Right. So sort of a oh, like that. so it had like this, oh God. So really, I mean, it like, it was just you, you know, and this was the 90s. So it was like, that was like the no fat craze. Oh So just God. like what every girl had for lunch would be like a tiny bag, like from a vending machine bag of pretzels. Yeah. And then like... A diet coke would be your, your lunch. Whole lunch. No, and my like mother didn't fruit. No, <laughs> and then my mother was oh. not not quite obsessed with food as well. So you know, yeah, sort of like yeah, yeah. interest in food, but real regimentation with food. Right, right, right. And that was like, and that so was that into your so kind of a mixture growing up, and then into your teens more that kind of self inflicted pretzel diet coke lunch life. Oh yeah, and like I mean, I can rem- you know by the time I was, I mean, I can sort of like take you know with the American high school system, so it's like fourteen, fifteen, fifteen, sixteen. You know, <laughs> yeah. so from like fourteen to eighteen, I can kind of remember. Like at fourteen, I had this. This is so dark. But I had the stamina to starve myself. It's- you know what I mean? Like, I was like... But at that age, so in the 90s, we would say, like, oh, I, this is so bleak. We would... <laughs> we'd, we wouldn't say, oh, I want to lose weight. We'd say, I want to be anorexic. We'd say, like, I, re- I want to oh, look ill. I really desperately would like to look ill. But we ain't... But you, whereas you would do, like, doing it, I would have... Oh, is it <clears throat> achieving the like you say building up the stamina? Yeah, stuff. You need the stamina. <clears throat> we would. Um, I certainly. I'd have the. I did have one. I think probably a couple of months when I was about eleven, where I really like I went down to an apple a day, but then I kept fainting. I kept fainting and always in public, and actually the humiliation of that. And one time where my I stayed with my Austrian grandmother, and she was so upset. She was like her whole thing was feeding. And all I would have is one banana. And then she was sobbing. And she she phoned my dad and asked him to come and collect me because she couldn't bear it. And so I just ate some cheese on toast. And I think that was what got me over it. But that was young, right? I think, wow. But then once we were into our teens and puberty had really kicked in, we all spoke like monsters. <laughs> like, I want to be invisible, blah, blah. But we ate shit. We just ate Is it that kind of all great? Yeah. I mean, it's not great, but, but, but someone, if I picture some 15 year old being like, I'm going to be anorexic and then like eating a t- 17 bags of crisps, <laughs> there's something about that that feels 
okay. I more don't know, like, like, a more reasonable thing for yeah, a then rocky like, teenager then to be sort doing. Of nobody's saying that, yeah. but then people are actually getting into some sort of... Horror, yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure there would be... Three bagels a day, whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, three little pretzels in a bag. And you had the... Um... I mean, I never... I, the worst I did is I remember, like, I got into dancing, which is, like, never good. Okay. And, <laughs> right? For body image. For body image oh, stuff. For like, right, right, and right. And for diet. Right. Because you think, right, as an adult, you look at dancers and think, adult dancers anyway, and think, you're athletes. Yeah. You're beautiful athletes. You yeah. must have to treat your body like an athlete does. Whereas in, be very careful about what you eat, but you should probably need loads. Right. Well, but I think, I don't think that thing is true with, like, prima ballerinas. No. I think prima no, ballerinas I think are then, yes. as, as I understand it. <laughs> yeah. And I saw the movie Black Swan. Um, (laughs) The documentary Black Swan. The documentary film Black Swan. (laughs) But I, so I got into that and I just, you know, I just sort of, I would like eat a bagel in the morning and then dance, like go do all these dance classes and then have a bagel when they were done. And then I had like a job in the evening and then I would like eat a bagel at the job at night. Three bagels a day. And then, like, there might have been a little something else, and I, I could just do it. And then I remember, like, that version of myself being up on a pedestal as I got a few years old. And I was like, you used to be fine on three bagels a day. What is your fucking problem? Oh. And I remember my mother taking me to see, like, obviously she was clocking something and How getting old nervous. You 14. 14. Oh, that is young. And getting, you know, skinny. The yeah. only time I, like, have ever been a skinny person. Oh, God. I think of you as a skinny person now. Stop it. No, I think this is, I think that I'm, that I'm. You're a skinny person, dude. You just are. Thank you. I put that so fucked up that I, but, but but this is the whole thing. (laughs) This is why it's fascinating. I wanted to. It's so, but that, that's awful, isn't it? That's honest and that's in me too. Right. And it's it's comical. I think, I think I'm going to end up missing things in this one that I, wasn't planning to necessarily say early on in doing this podcast but I mean I think it's I want to talk to people that I want to talk to ballerinas I want to talk to I want to talk to people who have been hospitalized with eating disorders I want to talk to well, athletes also, like that, but I right. also want to talk to and I want to talk to people who are happy being big women and and, or, and tiny women I want, to, I want to talk to everyone you? I wonder where I wonder where I just think that nut is it is it I've, it there's a, I have a lot of conflict in me, and my feminist has a lot of conflict in me right. about whether how healthy it is that nut of, I want to be small. So, oh, I was just going to say another interesting thing about my mother is I, interesting to fucking who, I don't me, know, maybe there's something in there, we'll pretend that it's interesting to you, is that she took me to this nutritionist, you know, and sort of being like, you know, who I think looking back and did a good job of trying yeah. to figure out how you know, how to make it feel still safe within my parameters that were obviously really about control and all about other sorts of things. But how do we get a little more nutrition in there? And I can remember those meetings and I can then remember that it would have been a maximum of a year and a half later that my mother, who would have been in her late forties at the time, mid forties, like I remember constantly in the freezer, there'd be this you know, big vat of frozen liquid. Right. And she put herself on a cabbage soup diet. Well, it was a fucking, like, 15-year-old girl in the house who'd been dabbling in self-starvation. 
And I think like that's such an unfair, you know, yeah. we're all dealing with our limits and but I'm trying to yeah. do some shitty stuff and whatever, whatever. But you're just like, yeah, we're not the only generation. Oh, we're not the only generation right. where that seed was so right, right, right. And I can remember like it. saying to a therapist, she says in her American accent, like saying to a therapist, yeah. you know, I don't know, I feel this about my body and that about my body, but all my parents ever told me what I was, that I was the most beautiful. I was so beautiful. Yeah. I'm perfect. I'm perfect. I'm so beautiful. And it's like, and your mother was on a cabbage soup diet. So just the message is there yeah, yeah, about yeah, what yeah. women do to themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, bigger. God, it's so weird, isn't it? Those, that mixture of uh, messages from, from your parents' actions more than what they're saying, that's by the by. I mean, right. my dad, like, we spoke about this once before, but my dad, he's a massive feeder, and I watched him doing what he, I mean, I watched him doing what he did with me with my son now. Like, the only thing he can really think of to do with him is to pass him food, like, item after item after item. To the and point where a two-year-old is saying no thank you to sugar because... He just passes him thing after thing after thing. But my dad, it, and he feeds like that, and that's how he shows his love. He can't say it with words, and he shows it with food. We had a huge fallout as adults not that long ago, like a year and a half ago. And the way I knew he was sorry is because he passed me a plastic bag full of food for me and my partner, like a week's, some homemade biscuits and like oh. some like ready meals. But it was like, here, I've been to the supermarket and here's my sorry. Anyway, combined with that love of feeding is a hatred, a palpable hatred of fat people. And I think they're oh, And your father is, doesn't have a weight issue himself. No, neither of my parents. Both my parents. So how much eating bodies. does your dad do? Uh, he will... Is he quite controlled with what he eats? Sometimes. But, um, and then the food is just the expression of affection to other people. Rather yeah, than join no, me, join me. Oh no, and he loves like having a few mouthfuls and then making sure everybody knows how full he is. But I don't think he's healthy about food and quite often oh, he'll right, like man. he'll like have lunch and then he won't eat for the rest of the day, he'll just have eight pints instead. I mean he's not a healthy man. But he's not trying to be, he doesn't care. He said he doesn't mind if he dies now. Oh jeez. Yeah, I mean he doesn't care. My mum is very healthy about food. So I've had a positive influence. But they were How do you describe her healthiness? She eats really healthy homemade stuff, reasonable portions of it. She's had teenage... In her teenage years, she would starve herself sometimes. Right. And she doesn't hide that. And there's pictures of her being tiny and stuff. But those were troubles weren't to do with food. They were to do with other right, right, issues, right. right? But she, as generally, she is... One of the few people, I feel very lucky to have a role model that's yeah. so in control. It's very it's, happy around food, loves food, loves talking about food. You know, not as obsessed as me. Eats. She wouldn't start right. a podcast. Right, right, right. But right. yeah, and there's nothing she doesn't eat. But she will, she's diabetic, so she's careful about sugary carbs and stuff like that. But right. she basically, she, um, yeah, she just doesn't overeat. And she doesn't undereat. And she'll have days where she's really hungry. Hormone level tired. Nope. You're sure. Yeah. Wow. We had a conversation last time we were here. Um and uh oh god. But I've been thinking about the fact that you were tickled that I just admitted to having shame. I love any so what I had said, we were talking about food stuff. And you, you said, oh, and I, I 
I think you said something like, oh, I only recently brought this up to my therapist. Yeah, so I'm... Just, and so I'm, I said, oh, why not? And you went, shame. Blah, 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 blah. And I, I love when anything huge is said in a sort of off-the-cuff manner. That's such a I funny so thing. Much, I mean, for something to start a podcast about, but basically I thought, I've got all these issues around food, but I am obsessed with it and I love it and I want to work it out. I want to work this relationship out. I'm not ready to dump food. No, I'm not ready to diet. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, that's why it's so complicated. I feel like there's more shame around food than there is about being an alcoholic or addicted to smoking or oh, other drugs. Oh, yeah. Oh, because 100%. If you have the option of stopping those. Well, that's what, did you watch that Louis Theroux anorexia thing that was on someone no. recently? It's good. I'll make a note. And they discuss the fact that, like, there's... It, it's the... Um, it has the highest death rate of any mental illness. God. Take that in. And that part of the reason why is that you need the drug that it is that you're using. Right. So like yeah. imagine you're a heroin addict, but yeah. yet it's part of what your biology is that you need to keep taking heroin. Like how would you ever function? And that's what you need to recover from anorexia is to incorporate the biggest. And it just like, you can't like, you just don't recover from it. It's no. sort of the... I think we're... It's a funny old thing. There's so many things where we've evolved beyond our bodies. Like, we've evolved to the point where we're healthy enough that we're living very long, but our brains right. aren't staying great for as long as we're, our bodies are living. That needs addressing. And I think with the food stuff and the weight stuff, it comes down to... I, I think... I mean, I'm fascinated by it, but... We have access to so much stuff now. The stuff that were we still hunting and gathering would be such a rare treat. Right. That we still, it's probably going to take centuries, if we manage it, yeah. to get our head around all the psychological, the, the massive impact of the access that we have yeah. to stuff. And yeah. like the too much or too little. And now there's a movement within feminism that there's no such thing as overeating. But there, I mean, you know, I mean, it just is. is. I think it's just a solid fact. I believe is a solid fact. But I want to have that debate with people. I think it, but only only from the point of view that I think there's a. I don't ever ever believe in fat shaming. That's not the same thing. But ultimately, there's a massive spectrum of healthiness, right? And you can under and overdo it with beyond even that enormous spectrum of healthy body size, right? And you can be really big and really small and be so healthy. I read so I read this sort of book that a woman that I knew was writing or trying to write. And she's yeah. quite, a, she's quite heavy. She's yeah, a yeah. big woman. We can say fat now. She's a fat woman. And, <laughs> but it still he said one. it. He even said it in a way that was like, okay. All right. So, Deep breath. <laughs> she's, she's a fat, a fat woman. woman. <laughs> um, and she basically the, the, you know, the, the way these things are presented is always not quite real because it's presented yeah. as like, and this is my happy ending. This was mm. the approach to food that finally really worked for me. And you're like, well, okay. <laughs> um, but I thought it was a re- it sounded so smart to me was that you eat what you're trying to do is take shame out and guilt yeah. out. And the only way you can do that is to eat what you want when you want as much as you want. Yeah. So if you sit down to a meal and you think I would like the cheeseburger with the French fries. Yeah. 
I'm going to sit down. I'm going to eat the cheeseburger with the French fries. I'm going to be present. I'm going to taste it. Yeah. I'm going to love it. I'm not going to feel bad about it. Yeah. And the idea is sort of like if if you can. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com eat that way yeah that then you 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 you're trusting yourself with food you're not then always just going to sit down and eat a cheeseburger no then the next day you think oh the grapefruit sounds nice or yeah. the, you know when you kind like it's this thing of trying to quote unquote listen to your body which i think is easier said than done but oh it's right, easier said than done but i think that. i agree with your friend i think that's the only way if you have an issue unlike my mom and you're right. one of the one of the one of the majority yeah. probably um or but look issues are god you can have the tiniest kind of issue and the biggest kind of issue it's all a big spectrum isn't it but I think exactly that taking the shame and the guilt out of stuff what is your shame with food is that you you have a you think you can eat too much you feel no so okay so this is what I wasn't necessarily going to admit to further in the podcast but I so I'm talking to my therapist about it now and um we've been talking about it for a few weeks a few months because I only see her fortnightly I have not loaded at the moment um and um and I was saying, I'm about to do this podcast about food and about eating, and I want to talk about it from a place of reverence, blah, 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 the whole thing. Um, and then within a few months, she was like, okay, cool. So how things are going are, um, I've got this booklet for you to read, and I think we're ready for you to start writing a food diary. And I was like, what? Um, and then she was like, right. look, so read the booklet. It's not you. I don't think you've got this, but the booklet's called Binge Eating Disorder. And right. I was like, okay, thank right. you. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I just spent 10 days just rageful sobbing wherever I could find a space to, because I was like, how, how dare you? I'm not, I haven't got binge eating disorder. And then so uh, it about wasn't even that you were writing week, down. It was just I hated them. No, I started you it. If I'm, it. If I'm tasked with doing a thing do by someone in a position of authority, I'm going to do it. So I did it, but I hated it because actually I found that writing down everything that I'm eating, I had to plan what I was going to eat the night before, write down everything I'm eating, you know, within a few hours of it on the day. And I felt furious, so sad. I felt so angry i felt ashamed angry about at ev- her angry at her angry that that 
if I had, if I had, I'm not, so I'm, I'm not unhealthy in what I eat. I think I'm quite rare like that. I don't go, right, I'm going to go and have, I'm going to go and smash a whole tube of Oreos or a whole right, thing right. of ice cream. I'll just have three portions of the right. healthy dinner. Right, yeah, I um, that. Or sometimes get like something on the way home, but I'll get something from Leon or Itsu. Like, yeah. It oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I like good. I love nutritious yes. food. I'm yes. not. I'm not a sweet tooth person. I may be lucky like that, but anyway. Oh, squeaky shoe. Um, I I hate it, and I felt like it was adding shame to everything that I ate. So I don't know where. The, I think the shame. I think ultimately, to answer your question, I think the shame comes from. A dad that hates fat people. And also, I think, an acknowledgement. And then I read the whole booklet and I was but like, you're do you know what? Fat. I am on this. I am on... I, I have, to a degree, this BED. I do have it in the sense that when I'm in certain situations, and that's the point of the food diary, like 10 days in, suddenly everything clicked. And now I'm doing it. And I'm... Doing what? Writing down everything I eat. It's still presently I'm now. Like, it's, I'm writing notes on the back of it. And, yeah. and what is the... Is it to make you aware of a binge eating pattern? Yeah, so it's to work out. See, what I am not fully down with about it is the whole point of it is that it's not a diet and you can have what you want. Right. But it's to look for patterns of how you feel so when certain this, things happen. It. So it's my issue that I was feeling shame about everything I ate for the first week. I was right. like, well, that's not, that's, okay, make a note. That's right, not, right, that's right. not healthy. Yeah, <laughs> Why yeah. do you feel shameful about everything you eat? Um, and I don't in the wrong, in the right mood, in the wrong mood, but it's to look for, so, so within, you know, three weeks or whatever I can see that if I'm in a mode that's like some kind of holiday mode or freedom mode so away without my baby overnight for a gig I'll want to do something to excess if not drink then get some crap food late in the night crap food so you will go there well when there's only an option yeah but so even what would be doing the crap food thing? So it's like you're away, you don't have to worry about Rudy, you're, you're doing <laughs> your thing, but you can't go and get something at Leon, but you need a treat and it's not going to be drink. What is that? So this weekend, in, on, I was away in Leicester for gigs, and on the way home, I just stood outside every single place that did chips. I mean, as a vegan-ish person, there's yeah, not yeah, loads yeah. of options. Yeah, anymore. okay. But every single person that did, like, there was a falafel wrap mm-hmm. place. It was a short walk. Mm-hmm. And I stood like an alcoholic outside a pub, outside every single takeaway on the way home. And then came home and scrawled through Deliveroo. And then went, just have a fucking apple and go to sleep. And, and did I, you? Yeah. Oh. And I did. But where I'm not at yet is I'm meant to, I spoke to my therapist that morning, what, what I'm meant to do when that happens is be like, okay, I've made a note. And I wonder what the feelings were that led to me wanting to do that. They were that I was away on my own in a holiday mode, but mainly I'd had the worst, like one of the hardest gigs of the year, like a real Christmas shocker, just 300 Bellends, like a horrible testosterone. And were you hosting? Yeah. Ooh. So I was stuck there all night. It was horrible. So I was I had rage as well, so anger's another thing. But then but then so what your friend was saying, like if she choose yeah, choose a cheeseburger and chips and like sit there and really enjoy it and think about it while you're having it. But what I was looking to do in that instance was just throw something in my face. And what did chips but, 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 but what's the, there is there a difference between you're feeling rage. You're feeling holiday mode. Mm. And so you're going to go and do behave this way with food. Yeah. Is it like, I think there are two, like one thing is this was hard. I get a treat. Mm-hmm. This was hard. So I should get a treat 
Yeah. And then another thing is I'm in pain. I don't want to feel this feeling. I don't want to feel this feeling, yeah. so I'll feel this feeling. So what I what I don't know yet is where the where boundary the lies. Is. That I think Saturday night was I'm in pain and I don't want to feel this feeling. Oh, but, and then <laughs> and then will you not feel the feeling because you've had the chips? I don't know because I can't remember the last time I came to the and design. You, what I'm oh. sick of is having the desire. I'd rather want a drink or a. Do you know what I mean? Or just go to sleep. Like I don't. Well, actually, I suppose sometimes it's in the day. But I've yeah. since I've started talking to my therapist about it, I just thought I'm obsessed with food. I'm someone who thinks about food all the time. Even though I don't eat all the time, I'm thinking about it yeah, all me the too. time. But then since I started talking to my therapist about it, I'd like get in my car after a tricky conversation or just realise I've got five things to try and do in the next hour that I probably won't have time for. And I'd hear, I can hear a voice go, is that something to eat? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to have for dinner? Like, and, it, I, and so as soon as I'm struggling in any way, a part of me starts thinking about food. And so my obsession with food is not really all about food. And, and I'm just learning about all of this. But I do feel like, to counteract all of this, I have grown out of that teenage, early 20s desire to be invisibly small. Like, I really don't want to be... I don't want to be anything that would be work to maintain. And I don't want now to not eat. Be- I've got one life. I want to be well and healthy. Yeah. What I'd love, actually, is to get really ripped. But aren't you... So, so you are quite healthy. Yeah. And you I are a healthy a person. Yeah. You exercise. And, and I care not- about being a healthy person. Yeah. To an extent. Like, I also enjoy And you are not overweight. Drunk. Uh, yeah, I mean, I technically am overweight. You are technically overweight. Yeah. So you have a doctor saying, Jess, you know what? It wouldn't be a problem yeah. if you dropped... Yeah, sure. You stay. few... Not a few stones. Oh, sure, for sure. I'm no. really heavy. Yeah. No. But I've always been really heavy. I'm really... I'm a very dense setting. I'm a dense... Yeah, I'm, de- I'm dense. You don't look Oh, dense. no, I am. Like, when I, I... This is not like a... Me too, I'm dense. No, like, at, at my... At, like, there are women who I have very big bones there are not in a euphemistic way in a real way there have been women sometimes where they'll like quote their weight yeah and I'll think mm-hmm. I, I think I'm the more slender lady between us and I weigh yeah. like a stone yeah, yeah, more yeah. than that so I, I, do you know what? I don't think it is bones I think it's muscle density when you're heavy for your height but you don't look it I think that's what it is on me I've got like me I strong yeah, I have, yeah, and the I density of muscle in your leg is bigger than everywhere else which is why when you exercise a leg muscle you burn so much that's why squats are so amazing oh interesting because the muscles in those legs are big compared to all the others interesting just learned that off a pop sugar video on youtube this oh weekend oh my god um, so i'm gonna move on for fear of just talking about myself when i'm meant oh, to be interviewing scary. you Say scrum diddly umptious. And then you can be in my podcast. So um so you had those issues when you were 14, but then grew out of them? No, I don't think still have I think anything? I think you know it gets by 18, I was like miss fat free. Okay. So I wouldn't consume any fat, but I can a child remember, of your time. Yep. Yeah, but I can remember I had like a regular babysitting gig on a Saturday night mm. and I the parents would go out. Oh, and my vista like makes me like, oh, you poor little baby. And like, I could show you a photo of me, and I was like, my, you know, I was probably thinner than I am now, but my, I was so blown up on sugar and processed. Oh. Like my face I had this huge white moon face. 
<laughs> um, and they would go out, you know, lovely. And they'd be like, and, you know, anything you want to eat. And I, I mean, I can remember they had this cupboard and just, you know, I would just stand and shove like, you know, sort of restrictive binge eating yeah, yeah, yeah. that you restrict and then you go crazy yeah, yeah. until I feel like I was going to vomit. And so then like, there was that phase and then I went, you know, then I went away to school and got things did. I, that, I feel like so it was basically like the anorexia, like, you know, committed yeah, anorexia yeah. was like early teens. By my mid twenties, I ate unbelievably healthy. Fully. Right. I was all about the rainbow. <laughs> Red, orange, yellow. Like, I would eat... Ro- I don't think we got this here in the UK. Oh, I mean, everything What's the with diets and gyms. Oh. We are more advanced in the United States of America. So, you eat all the colors of the rainbow. So, right. it's like you shop the outside of a what grocery store. What is blue? Blueberries. You could do acai. Oh. You could do... You do beetroot. You do... Purple, that is, mate. Right? So, you... Well, you know. So <laughs> one, right? So I would eat, you know, spinach, red onion, squash, um, wow. more greens, yellow bell pepper, red bell pepper, you know, a bit all this stuff. Just yeah, exactly. Just tap. stick that in there. You know, cottage eggs. cheese, eggs, no egg yolks, egg white. You know, I would get into it. Into it. Yeah. And I got thin and I exercised every morning mm-hmm. and I was running into people and they were like Sarah Barron oh my god you look like I remember I dated this guy we broke up and like a year and a half later ran into him and his friend on the street and this was like I was in my 20s young waiting yeah, tables yeah. had nowhere to be nothing to do let's all get a drink yeah let's get a drink and hanging out with this guy and his friend and at one point the friend being like all right I'll just say it like you look incredible what happened and just being like you know feeling so powerful and so in control, yeah. drinking one night a week, oh. just looking like fucking like athlete. Yeah. Mm. And that's not the healthiest thing, really, is it? No. But it's really easy because to it was feel regimented. like it is. Because it's it so regimented. And I, it's punishing. Like, it's just... So is this around the time, so just to bring it in, that yes. I already know a very yes. funny thing from your husband told yeah. me that at one point your friends staged an intervention yes. with you and said, we think the reason you might be single is because you, you stink of onion. <laughs> so, but, and you said that your the... friend would introduce you to people and say, this is my friend, Sarah. She is the same thing every day. Yeah, these are two separate uh, instances, okay. both indicating I, well, the regimentation the, of my the, mid-20s. The rainbow years were the, these were, the these same were the thing every year. But I mean, I still eat the same I like a routine in every possible way. Every time you see something promoting gay pride, do you get like a flashback? No, very kind of rainbow, (laughs) but good. But no, so when I was, I I would have like a George Foreman grill. Is that what they're called? Yeah. So I would, I would take a red onion. This was like part of my eating regimen. I'd take a red onion and I'd slice it into like three sections, get my George Foreman, grill my onion, eat onions and that would be like one of the things I ate <laughs> fart like a maniac so anyway so that was like a, a just zone onion reason. just some griddled onion but yeah just some griddled onion you don't so, even know oil, no oil on there no this is part of the no oil like you're just like <laughs> just a dry charred an onion and then if you have oil you feel like shit about yourself because you didn't need those calories oh, this kind of shit right no so my friends were a married couple and it was sort of like I was always single and they got together when they were like 23. So for years and years, the dynamic was like single Sarah and the married couple. This is yeah. my friend also who thinks vegetarianism is stupid. <laughs> so they, because I, they had, they just always had the more adult life. So I would almost always go over to their flat. Yeah. 
on this occasion, they came to mind. We were all hanging out. Fine. About a week later, I was at like Saturday night. We're hanging out at their place. And they were like, yo, we got to talk to you about something. And I was like, what? And they were like, they, they got that from my house. The next day, like they're getting ready to go to their office jobs. They open their closet. They put on their coat, like, and this oh, smell no. comes at them. And it was like, motherfucker. It's like, that's fucking Sarah's onion stink. Like, <laughs> grilled those fucking onions while we were here. And now our closet stinks of onion. And they were like, we think you smell like that all the time now, probably. And I was like, do you think that's... Like I'm because I was like online dating or something, and they were, and I was like, do you think they're repelling, dude? Like, do you think guys meet me and it's like maybe they think I look cute in a best case scenario, but they get too close to me and they're like smelling onion? And my friend Maggie just went, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Another funny thing that happened in the throes of this kind of like only protein, only this. Is that we were driving. Stand up about this. Oh really? Yeah, the oh, onion story okay. is really good. good. You know, that's funny. We were driving from New York to Philadelphia, which is a two-hour drive. And of course, you, you know, you make the, it was for New Year's one mm-hmm. year, so it was like, all right, like pack up some fun foods, fun snacks, but not Sarah B. So I'm sat in the back seat. They're in the front seat, and Joey, all of a sudden, who talks like a muppet, he's like, "What the fuck is that smell?" And in a car, windows up, dead of winter, I was eating canned oysters. Oh, God. And I was like, I'm eating canned oysters. And they're like, are you out of your fucking mind? You can't open tinned fish in a car. So those were my, that's like when I was like, okay, like maybe your bod looks cute, but if you're stinking all the time and farting all the time, just this gaseous aura no I mean I'm the things I had to do to manage my own gas in these years I thought you were going to say the the things I had to do to get laid oh no I mean I could get laid but but you would have to be like okay here's your mask and here's your condom. Some of the shit I did. No, but I Some of the stuff I did to disguise my own farts is actually genuinely the smartest, stealthiest, cleverest stuff I'll ever do. Well, then maybe veganism is for you. I mean, it is. I remember one time the same couple, this trip to Philadelphia, I like scored a dude. And so we were in a hotel room together and my married couple friends, they're like sleeping in one bed and this guy and I are like messing around in the other bed. And I could just feel the fart building up oh, being God, like, oh, I hate fuck. That. Oh. So I'm like, I was like, hold on a second. Oh, sex. I was like, hold on. I just need to, I just have to go. I really got to pee. I'll be right back. And like going to this hotel bathroom and just fucking farting my brains off for like two minutes. <laughs> butt cheeks. Did you put your butt cheeks about? No, I probably did. I mean, I do you know what I think it is? How else do you get it out silently? Ran water. Oh, you're right. I think it was like flushing and fine, timing fine, and, you know, fine. all this stuff. So anyway, I do that. I check myself. I'm like, okay, it's out. I'm adorable. We're good. And I then hear, I hear on the door. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> no. So I open the door and this guy's all there, like, you know, coming at me. Like, here we go. And I sort of, I like press him against the wall. Like I get him up against the wall and shut the bathroom door behind me. And he's like, we can like you know have a little more freedom and I was like no it's so cold oh. and like proceeded to do quite a few sexual things to him just to get him off the idea of fucking me in a fart dungeon yeah. 
you know, all this stuff because I'm eating like whole onions and tinned fish as my lunch. You know? Oh, <laughs> oh it's brilliant. Oh my god, my face hurts. Oh. Oh, that's amazing. And the, so then it was a, it, what's so funny is that the friend who introduced me is Sarah, who eats the same thing every day, was a woman I worked with, like when I waited tables. And it was one of those things where you don't even think anything about your behavior is, like, you don't think anyone's noticing anything. Yeah. Yes, I eat the same thing every day, but how would she know? Oh, because she watches me when I'm not busy waiting. Like, I'll go to this part of the kitchen and, like, get out my thing and first eat my yogurt and then an hour later eat my roasted beets and then an hour later eat yeah. my, you know and so she like we there's never been anything said between us about eating yeah. ever <laughs> and then like three years into a friendship she's like hello uh, Jess this is my friend Sarah she eats the same thing every day and she walks away to the bar to get and I was like oh and it that's really how people are looking at the me. first time it occurred to me that, that was something that I did that wasn't the, just how everyone lived. Right. <laughs> well, I feel like my kind of, like, I felt like until these last few weeks, I was like, yeah, everyone wants to eat crap at the end of a night. Like, and I think they do. Well, I, 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 I think there is something And I think there is something in that. But also I was like, but I don't think everybody like, I don't know, looks a bit like. Oh, I don't know, like an alcoholic looks at a drink, I guess. I think, you know, so my husband is a recovered alcoholic, and he has been for 17 years, so long before I, like, I never knew him as a drinker. He was 10 years (coughs) sober when I met him. But just watching him with food, it is, like, the... Everything, everything. I is remember. So one of my favourite kind of. Well, uh, in the summer we met up at the Edinburgh Festival, and I was like, I had my toddler with me, so I was like, can we just go to Wagamama's? And you're like, yes, because oh. your husband has because he doesn't drink, so he has f- fine food. Right. Yeah. It's all. And so all I want to do is like hang out at a Wagamama's. Yeah. I never allowed. So I was like, yes, let's yeah, go. Yeah, let's get some scuzzy Wagamama's in. But I think so. Just the thing of food as treat or food yeah. as reward. Or oh, right, this, yeah, yeah, and now yeah. I need you need like need to put that focus yeah. somewhere. I you know when you're talking about your mother and her relationship to food, so good. I know whenever anyone's like, oh, so and so is so normal with food, I'm like, fucking prove it. I don't know the only truly it's normal person is my friend. She's now but my friend Maggie. Yeah, she's normal. Right. I just think she's normal. She, well, she, if she's the only normal person you know, then that we're we're looking for a, a new word other than normal. Well, right. That's the thing. I don't. I just think it's be, for every possible reason. Like yeah. it's it's so hard. Five second rule: yes or no? Yes, a hundred percent. I would. I, and, for I, your, and for your kids? A hundred percent. I mean, more so, if anything, right? Yeah, I just, that I will, I have, I, yesterday was, I've gotten stuff out of the bin that I've thrown out, like, where I've thought, I, I look at a very small amount of food and think that will sit in my cupboard unused for literally a year. Yeah. And then think, fuck it, I'm going to throw it in the bin. Feel bad for wasting, but still. No. Throw it in the bin, throw other shit on top of it, mess something up in the recipe I'm doing, go back into the bin, get it out, cl- sort of get the coffee grounds, whatever shit off it, and put it in yeah. something. And I pride <laughs> myself on that. I think yeah. there's such a lack of logical thinking to anything to do with germs. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I'm like a germ person. I'm a big germ person. Like, the more the merrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, 
let me have some of those germs. And Mikey is not. I don't know. Do you have any of that conflict in your relationship? No, Mikey will no. sometimes take something. He, I once watched him fish a blueberry out of Rudy's mouth to put back with some other blueberries I'd just given him and wash them because he didn't believe I'd have washed them. And to um, be fair, um, I normally wouldn't, but I had that time. I can't remember the last time I washed produce. I, th- You know, my parents are extremely clean. Right. Re- <laughs> Both my brother and I have... My brother especially, and I'm not great, have pretty bad allergies. And I think it's a real good, mm-hmm. convenient way of th- thinking, you know what, I'm doing my yeah. kid a favor if there's this dust here and this grime here yeah. and this thing here. You are, so I, you've cooked for me and it was amazing. So you're obviously like into cooking for people and stuff. Uh, yes, and I, this is, you know, not the, the good feminist talking. Well, but right. I also think it's Oh, no, point. I did think, oh, oh, no, 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 I meant, I meant cooking for people generally. No, 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 it's that I didn't start to cook until there was a man in my life to cook for. Oh, really? That's the bad Oh, okay. But I also think that would have been true. Like, I... I Moved into an apartment on my own when I was 27. Okay. And I lived alone from 27 to 33. So who are you going to cook for? Yeah. Like if suddenly something had happened in my life where I was living with a close girlfriend and we would sort of cook together then. Yeah. But it was a kind of always just, You just griddle her a dry red onion. Yeah, exactly. I remember one time trying to make <laughs> an, a stab at an imitation of a lasagna. Right. And just the fact that I had seasoned something with salt and pepper and, and been like, well, who am I? <laughs> you know. So I didn't start cooking until number one, I was done working evenings. Right. Which I had done for years and years in different ways. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, when I first moved here, I suddenly lived with a man and didn't work at night for the first time since I was 18. So I might be totally wrong, and it, but it's just from my various trips to the States to visit my uncle who's lived in all different bits of it. But it seems to me, from my times there, especially in New York, actually, which wasn't to visit him, it felt like it was easier to eat out and cheaper to eat out. Well, this anyway, so what, it was harder to find a supermarket. Like, here, there's supermarkets everywhere with relatively affordable, fresh stuff. Right. Whereas I felt like in the States, I was having to try and find a health food store, basically, to get some... Some decent yeah, stuff. Yeah, or salad stuff, or just to make yourself a salad at home. But maybe I was, I'm being a tourist and didn't know where to look. I, w- I mean, I think the def- a thing that I feel is definitely true is that you can eat better cheap in New York. Yeah, right. That's it. Eating out. That's its yeah. thing. You'll, yeah, you'll yeah. go somewhere. It won't be expensive. Mm-hmm. You'll have something fantastic. Yeah. Which is not really a London. I think it's no, getting better, but it's getting less better, so. yeah. But it's, yeah. But I feel like it's more part, well, it's certainly like, part of the culture in, in even at uni once we were in a shared house we were happy and with friends it was quite like we would enjoy cooking for each other yeah i mean it wasn't really very good i remember right, right, right. watching a friend's boyfriend put so much sugar in a bolognese and thinking that was really cool oh and blue cheese and bacon he put all of that in i mean i love blue cheese but that comedy sounds vile to me um have you ever cooked for people and it was like a proper disaster yes <laughs> but yes. long enough ago that well it's first not. of all I haven't cooked um, I'm you know so I'm still you know in my first five years of okay. cooking for someone wow you're a pro Jeff my husband has a good friend who has become a good friend of mine and she has now two teenage daughters who are wonderful and funny and smart and they are the people who have been vocal about finding our cooking disgusting <laughs> You know, because the one time I was like, because we put in this effort and be like, okay, what would they like to eat? Da, 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 da. 
And I just, I was, and because it's such a bad feeling. It was to me as a kid, any pressure on you to eat something Mm. that you weren't into. So I said to them, I was like, guys, how are you feeling about that mac and cheese? And they were like, it's just like you take good normal stuff and like make it weird. Which meant, you know, this was like this sort of fancy Nigella with sage and feta and, you know, to make sort of an adult style mac and cheese. So when they last came over, I was like, okay, I am going to do this right, cook for the audience, and it's going to be in the morning, and I was like, I'm going to make, like, really great chocolate chip pancake, and I mean, I couldn't do it. (laughs) And they just... I didn't, I couldn't, the heat control was wrong. This was wrong. Oh, no. Something I, I was trying to, maybe I was following a regular pancake recipe and put the things in and it didn't work. And so Jeff had to go, I had to put everything in the bin and Jeff had to go across the street where there happens to be a pretty good bakery and get a bunch of cookies. And that was our breakfast. Oh, that was like my big, that's funny disaster. I think. Have you ever eaten a celebrity chef's food? Oh, and I worked for a celebrity taste. chef for you a did year, <sighs> who did is now all famous? over the headlines in the face for sexual harassment. Really? Yeah, so that's my little thing. So yes, I've had many celebrity meals. Wow. I mean, <laughs> so many, Jess. I mean, where do I even... Did they so, taste... W- did they, were they better than um, mortals' food? No, I don't no. think... I'm trying to I mean, think... So I, I do think this... The... the um, Chef I worked for who owned, you know, was like had a restaurant empire. Um, Gordon Ramsay? No. An American guy. Okay. Um, but he, but you know, someone sort of of that stature in the States. And he, I mean, when he was good, he was good. Like yeah. you were like, these are, they used to do at this place that I worked, they would do all these veggie like it was an Italian sort of style menu. So you could like choose from your cured meats, choose from your artisanal cheeses, choose from your vegetables. And it would be the best way you've ever had corn in your life. The best way you'd ever had broccoli rabe. The best way. I mean, unbelievable vegetables. Awesome. Um, Have you ever had a food fight? No, I would find that really disgusting. Would you? Yeah, I can't handle anything messy like that. Like, even my my baby the other day when I was making lunch, I sat him down, gave him, like, a container of, like, Greek yogurt. And and over the course of five minutes, you know, I was just ignoring him and he was eating. And then I turned around and he he basically taken a container and massaged all of it into his thin old man little hair. And it was the (laughs) most repellent I've ever found him. Like, I've never been repulsed by my baby. Like, his shits are gross, but, like, the actual him being gross. And I was like, you're disgusting. You were repulsed by him as a person. I'm in my tongue. I find a new highest mountain on the planet, which has been hidden up until now in a magical mist. And it's really icy and steep and it's a million miles high. And you decide you haven't got anything on for a few weeks. You're up for a new challenge. So you climb it. You have all the equipment. It's really hard. It's the hardest thing you've ever done. It's sweat, blood, tears, blisters. You're saying someone who had a real Everest obsession for a long time. I did you. Okay. So like, you know, the oxygen breaks, but there are times where you say you're not going to make it, blah, 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 blah. And then you get to the top and you put your family flag in there. Everyone's cheering, whooping. (sighs) You, this is you. You can be taken on a, f- a floating carpet uh-huh. to. You're knackered. You're starving. You can be taken to a place of your choice 
joined by whoever you want to eat whatever you want. And, what, this, would you dr- this assuming, and what would you drink? Not just what would you eat? And sorry, this is assuming that this happened like tomorrow or yeah, very, very like, soon. In, where, with where your thinking, head's at now. I'm thinking, you know, if it was, because right now I've got a one and a half year old, a little bit of that. So I imagine if he was five, I'd want him there with me. But right now he doesn't make a meal more pleasant. <laughs> I, so understand. Probably get a I understand. I, would I wouldn't go, even think about inviting my kid to no, 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 no. a choice right now. I would go, I think I would go with my husband. Aww. I'm trying to really like take on board your question. Yeah, I think I would go with my husband. And what would I, I mean, I think... Like a, I know this is, but I'm trying to think like, what are my favorite, like a great pizza. Okay. Awesome. I think is one of Mm. my, what do you want on it? Well, thin crust. Oh, hundred percent thin crust. I mean, you know, probably what I would want on it would be pepperoni. Okay. Whether or not I would have that, I don't know, (laughs) but I, but I think, you know, my, the, the truest thing I crave would be like a perfect pepperoni like well, honestly this Italian restaurant I worked out when it was at its peak when it was like the salads were the greatest mm. most satisfying big gorgeous crunchy perfectly seasoned salads yeah. I'd start off with a Manhattan cocktail okay nice I'd have a second one yeah I would have that salad I'd have some of those vegetables I'd have that pizza I'd have it all with some good red wine okay mm. nice and then we, we've established that we don't care about pudding. Yeah. Would you I love it? Where would you be sat at? What would be like your dream setting? In a restaurant? In like a nice restaurant? Or outdoors? Or Yeah, no, nice restaurant. Yeah. Indoors. Perfect service. You know. Okay. It's a New Yorker and a New Yorker, New York waiter. I love good service. Perfect. Invisible service. You're never yeah. worried that it's going to take forever, but they don't hang around. Just. Mm. Dreamy. Just dreamy. Oh. And that, yeah, and this restaurant, it's in New York, it's down to, so then afterwards would be a nice fall, because somehow I've got myself from the mountain yeah. to Manhattan. Does that work? Oh, you can go where you like. You've got flying carpet. I have a flying carpet, right? Okay, so the, yeah, so it would be like a perfect autumn day. Yeah. And then we would just like walk around in New York City for a little while. Oh, heaven. You've really that does sold sound it. good, right? Yeah, that you really sold good. it. You've really sold mm. it. That's really nice. Thank you, please, to Sarah Barron. To hear more from her and find out where she's gigging, she's on Twitter, at Sarah Barron. That's Sarah with no H and Barron with two R's. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I'm on tour right now with my stand-up show, a comedy horror story called The Silence of the Nans. More info on my Twitter, at Jessica Fosterkew. Please get in touch. You can email through my website, jessicafosterkew.com. If you've enjoyed this, please rate it and review it kindly and tell your friends. Follow us on social media. It's at The Hoovering Pod. Music by the wonderful Mike Greenway. Until next time, happy hoovering. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.